Hey everybody, welcome to The Favorite Show, the podcast where we talk about our favorite things. Every week we pick a different topic to discuss, and since best can be subjective, we talk about the things that are our favorites. My name's Aaron. Sean here. And I'm Shannon. Welcome back everybody. Hope you had a nice week. Hope your laughter has finally subsided from our hilarious last episode. <laughs> we had a, a lot of fun doing that. I'm, I heard from quite a few people that they had a fun time listening to it as well as, as participating. So that was that was fun. I don't have any emails to read, but I do have one update. And I'm going all the way back to our burgers episode, which was what episode like 12 or something like that. Oh yeah. You guys, I found a new favorite burger. Straight to the top of my list of very most favorite burger of all time. There's a place in Hollywood called Chris and Eddie's, and they do smash burgers. Mm. And they have the simplest menu I've ever seen, even simpler than In-N-Out. You can, there are three things on the menu. You can either get the slider with fries, two sliders with fries, or just fries. <laughs> so, well, okay. and, the, and the sliders, <laughs> nice. they're not like little small sliders. Like they're, it's like a, it's like the size of McDonald's hamburger, you know, not like a huge burger, but not like a little tiny, you know, okay. King's Hawaiian size slider. Smash burgers with American cheese, amazing bread that they're on, and the fries are incredible, but... I just have to give them a shout out because we went there for the first time. Stephanie and I uh, went there for the first time a while back. It was a spiritual experience for me. I feel like (laughs) eating this burger, I was like at one with the universe. It was so unbelievably good. So I've been back a couple times. And next time any of you guys are in L.A., we have to go to Chris and Eddie's because it's, like I said, straight to the top of the list of my favorite burgers. That's so okay. awesome. Chris and Eddie's, it does sound like the name of a cartoon. Wasn't there an Ed, Ed and Eddie or there something? Was, yes, Ed, Ed and Eddie's. Okay. Maybe that's what well, I'm it's funny you mentioned that because the the uh, decorations, the way the walls are painted and stuff, kind of seems like a like a 90s all that fever dream. Like it's very like neon <laughs> okay. and faces and like quirky, weird, weirdness all over the walls and really interesting. But uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's so good. So get down here and let's have some. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Hopefully I have a burger update in one of these future episodes. We had some AC problems and the guy was asking me what if I had any fun weekend plans or anything a week or two ago. And uh, I said, well, what about you? And he's like, oh, I live down south from where I live. And he was going to make the drive all the way up to Salt Lake City, which is not terribly far, but a little over an hour from where he lives. And it was just for a burger. So wow, he told me the place. So I'll have to check that out. Hopefully, hopefully I too have uh, a spiritual burger experience. <laughs> yes, point. let us know. <laughs> Well, I guess with that, we can get on with it then to this week's topic, which is our favorite rodents. We were up for an animal topic, and uh, we were trying to think of some ideas. And this actually seemed like kind of a fun companion to our previous animal topic, which was cats. So uh, we're moving to the other side of it now, and we're talking about rodents. I actually pulled up the Wikipedia page for rodents. Rodent comes from the Latin rodere, rodere. I don't know how to speak Latin, but it means to gnaw. They are Hmm. mammals of the order rodentia, which are characterized by a single pair of continuously growing incisors in each each of the upper and lower jaws. About 40% of all mammal species are rodents. That's a wow. big percentage. That's enormous. That's crazy. Now I feel bad I didn't come up with more rodents to talk about. 
Uh, it says they're native to all major land masses except for New Zealand, Antarctica, and several oceanic islands, although they have been subsequently introduced to most of these land masses by human activity. I thought it was actually very interesting about how diverse they are. Uh, it says some well-known rodents include mice, rats, squirrels, prairie dogs, porcupines, beavers, guinea pigs, and hamsters. It says rabbits, hares, and pikas, who also have incisors that grow continuously, but they have two pairs of upper incisors instead of one, were once included with rodentia, but are now considered to be in a separate order, Lagomorpha. Nonetheless, rodentia and Lagomorpha are sister groups. So I got to be honest, I didn't realize that. I thought rabbits were rodents when I when I started my research, and then I read that and I was like, oh, nope, you know, check a couple of rabbits off my list. I had one or two uh, cartoon rabbits on my list. I, they're, they're off now. So I did split my list into real rodents and uh, fictional rodents because <laughs> for whatever reason, there's quite a few that I could find. I guess cartoon cats and cartoon rats are, are go hand in hand, apparently. Yeah, that's true. I, I will start off my list with a rat, actually. It's the kangaroo rat. Have you guys seen kangaroo rats? No. They're cute. <laughs> They're so cute. Like, they are, they are exactly what they sound like. They look like little cute rats, and they've got big old feet that they hop around on like a kangaroo. They're oh. so cool. So kangaroo rats, uh, again, going to Wikipedia, uh, small, mostly nocturnal rodents of the genus uh, nope, I'm not going to read that because I can't pronounce it. Uh, they're native to the arid areas of Western North America. They get their name from their bipedal manner in which they hop like a kangaroo. There are actually several different kinds of kangaroo rats around the world, and they all have big, long names that I can't pronounce. But I pulled up some videos on YouTube just to, to make sure I was pronouncing things right, and I still couldn't figure out how to pronounce the you know scientific <laughs> names of them. But it was fun to watch these videos of these kangaroo rats, so many of them, especially the ones that are common in the western United States. They live in deserts. They burrow little tunnels in the ground, and they mostly eat seeds. And some of the videos I was watching, they uh, will scavenge in the cool evening and morning uh, and nighttime, finding seeds that have blown through the desert from various uh, various types of plants that live there. And they're just really adorable and really cute. And I don't have much more to say about them aside from that they're just really adorable. And I think that's really fun. <laughs> I just got so mesmerized. I was looking up some of these gifts and they just go flying in the air <laughs> and just go cruising. Wow. And they've, they've got such dexterity too. Here's one of it. A rattlesnake trying to get it, and it kicks the rattlesnake's face away as it goes. Wow, man, <laughs> I had no idea. Whole new world for me right here. According to Wikipedia, kangaroo rats can often leap a distance of seven feet, reportedly up to nine feet. And considering this is an animal that's only a couple inches long, that's very impressive. Yeah. And they can quickly change direction between jumps, so they're very bouncy <laughs> all over the place. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm kind of blown away with some of the different like rats and mice and stuff because, yeah, like this just little guy who is able to, like you said, like change directions, like is so agile and, and all that. You don't really think of these little itty bitty mice and rats and stuff as being, I don't know, like such capable predators or anything like that that you know and maybe in in this instance it was more of a an escape mechanism or things but um one of my favorites is the grasshopper mouse commonly referred to as like a werewolf mouse or a wolf mouse i don't know if i better you guys look this have... up right now well i'm gonna play you a video here in a second or at least a sound i don't know like it's if you google it it's the grasshopper mouse is a killer howling rodent from uh, national geographic <laughs> and the first part of the video is very hard to watch because here's what's wild about this mouse is it mainly preys on highly venomous 
arthropods. What? So it hunts centipedes that are very highly toxic, and it will also eat a lot of scorpions because it's so plentiful in their area. Wow, that's crazy. But then they give off this tiny howl. <laughs> that's the cutest. But it just like whistles. <laughs> but that's, when you look at this so video, cute. <laughs> it like looks like it's giving off this mighty howl. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, like, warning before watching this video because it does show it like ripping flesh that it's eating from something else or like getting stung by the scorpion a whole bunch. And it's just like not really affected. I don't know. Wow. But... That's crazy. Wow. Who who would have guessed? That's wild. I had no idea. It's <laughs> it's a very small, very metal kind of mouse. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's an intense yeah. mouse. I'm impressed. Just watching some of these videos here. Yeah, it's... It, Ooh, yeah. Some of these really big, gnarly bugs, even like tarantulas, it looks like. Yeah. The howling in this video starts at about a minute and a half okay, <laughs> in this two-minute video if you want to skip the gross stuff. Well, what's so funny is they're they're so, like, cute looking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not. They're little round mouse ears. They're just so cute. Well, we talked about that on the cats episode of, like, the really cute cats that it's like, oh, actually statistically this is the most dangerous predator or things like that that it's like here's this little itty bitty guy and he eats venomous things it's so crazy to me we've we've i think i feel like we've mentioned this for other animal topics but like evolution blows my mind like i i get the basic concept of like animals adapt to do different things but then there's like these crazy things like this mouse like i'm again I'm, I'm pulling as we're talking i'm just like watching this youtube video of it like eating a scorpion and the scorpion's like fighting back and stinging it like how did this mouse evolve to do this i mean i i guess i get the basic premise of like you know nothing is eating these scorpions or, or not, not nothing but like these you know animals like scorpions have very few predators and so this mouse evolved to be like hey i'll eat that because there are plenty of them around <laughs> But, like, how? How did it get to this point? Like, was there, like, some mouse that, like, oh, I don't feel good after that scorpion, but but I'm going to keep going. And eventually they just are, like, cool with it? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. It's crazy. Yeah, that's wild. Well, the first one I have is not not one that has turned into a predator or a, an apex rodent. It is the guinea pig. Nice. <laughs> and the guinea pig, as we know it now, does not exist anywhere on Earth in the wild. It was domesticated thousands of years ago, and it was domesticated actually for meat. And so these cuddly little cute guys, just imagine them like a, like a herd of cows or something out grazing, but just these little cute guys. And what's funny is at least according to Wikipedia, they go into details about how the name, the origin is unclear. It was like, to be clear, they have no relation and were not native to any area of, of Guinea, and they have no <laughs> DNA at all to pigs. And the name, therefore, is unclear. Kind of like thing. <laughs> very, That's very, very funny. Repose. <laughs> and the phrase, being a guinea pig, refers to obviously going first or, you know, you do something new and it's like who wants to be the guinea pig right that is because 
guinea pigs, I guess, early on were used in some forms of lab testing. But now that's pretty rare. It actually is more mice and rats. And so guinea pigs are just these perfect little pets. In fact, we had in my family, uh, my adult family here with my kids, we had two guinea pigs who we named Moose and Bear. They were just so, so good. They're, they're really social animals. If you get one, you should definitely have another one to go with it or they'll get lonely. And so have two or more. They're really, really friendly. As opposed to a lot of other rodents, they are quite awake and alert during the day rather than being nocturnal naturally. And so they're just these cute little fluffy rodents between a pound and a half and two and a half pounds get up to maybe eight to 10 inches long. And they almost purr a little bit once you get them almost like a cat. <laughs> As you get to petting them, they kind of purr and just cuddle up with you. And so they're they're really, really cool little rodents. And they're not, even though they were domesticated early on for meat, it's not that common to have them as meat anymore. There are a few places that do, but it's not not necessarily all that common. So now they're mostly just pets. And they think, since they were domesticated over such a long period of time, that there are some out there in the wild that are like half domesticated, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and and others that are fully domesticated. And so anyway, there's a little mix. But yeah, they are just super nice little friendly, friendly animals. I remember hearing that guinea pigs were eaten in some places of the world when I was in a, like elementary school. And I feel like I remember it being like one of those schoolyard myths, you know, of like <laughs> so just one of those rumors that kids spread around like that can't be real, that can't be true, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I know they I don't mean, get eaten much anymore, but they they sometimes and they used to. So <laughs> Well, there's not, they're pretty small. There's not a ton of meat on them. And if you think about it, they seem like they would wander off and there are more predators for them. Now you start having to worry about birds coming after them, right? You don't worry about a hawk taking out your cows. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. or yeah, even with fences and stuff like that. I, I, I don't know. So I, I just imagined thousands of little guinea pigs out grazing and, <laughs> you know, some guy there with a spear, bow and arrow watching over the herd. <laughs> Herding them with a little remote control car. <laughs> I've seen some videos of like guinea pig farms and I don't know if it was that like it's for pets or what, but it is wild to see like the stampede of them coming for the carrots or whatever. Yeah, I, yeah, I follow one of those on Twitch. Actually, you can tune in live to this this guinea pig. <laughs> wow, that's pretty pig, cool. Like reserve or something. So I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if they're for people's pets. I don't know if it's a rescue. I I should look into that. I'm gonna have to look that up. That's crazy. <laughs> I do like those channels. Here's a sort of update. That's a TikTok page we really like. That it always the live shows up every time that like we're in bed ready to go to sleep, catching up on those last videos. And it's a raccoon ravine that it's just a live that they put out food for the local raccoons, and then they you can watch the raccoons eating on the porch. That's the whole thing. Oh, that's cool. Well, the next one I want to talk about is actually a relative of the guinea pig, and that's the capybara. Oh, I love oh, them. They're so cool. So capybaras are the largest living rodent, and the uh, close relatives include uh, guinea pigs and rock cavies, cavies. I don't know what that is, 
but yeah, guinea pigs. You think of like if you think of like a giant guinea pig, that's that's a capybara. If you've never seen one, they uh, tend to inhabit savannas and dense forests, and always live almost always live near uh, bodies of water. They're highly social. They can live in groups up to a hundred, but usually uh, groups of like ten to twenty individuals. They are sometimes hunted for meat, uh, but they are not considered a threatened species, and they are native to South America. I feel like. I didn't know that much about capybaras until, of course, all the memes and like <laughs> meme culture has like made them extra famous. I can't remember which episode it was. I talked about uh, a little bit about Maxwell the cat, who was the the you know TikTok was going around of that do, 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 the black and white cat, <laughs> and he is in a video game where he rides on back of a capybara. <laughs> so oh, they're, they're just like kind of popular. I've, I've seen that. Yeah. I... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing the thing I love most about capybaras is they are so chill. Like they're so like zen all the time. Yeah. Whenever if you look up videos of them on YouTube, like once in a while you'll like see a video of two of them like butting heads or whatever, but almost always they're like chilling in a hot spring or like they're just like laying there with like a duck perched on their back or like whatever. Like they're so laid back and so zen and I'm like I like, if I'm reincarnated as an animal, like, I want to come back as a capybara and just be, like, so zen and chill all the time. They're so yeah. cool. Isn't that what's in, in Kanto as well? Of just, it just chills there, even though there's all this excitement or whatever. It just kind of has this <laughs> stare off into the distance. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I think that's a big part of them being so popular. It's just that they're goofy, that they're just these little guys that seem so zoned out always and you know that's just so fun about them but i feel like this is kind of also bringing it back to penguins that we talked about that just by existing just sitting there they have so much personality of like (laughs) he's sitting in like a hot spring or whatever and it's just everybody's like oh my goodness this needs to go viral of this guy just sitting there like (laughs) they just naturally have so much personality to them they do and and they're so harmless too despite the fact that you know as the the largest rodents they can grow to be up to 150 pounds at the largest you know they average about two feet tall by four feet long you know they're they're big guys but they're like super super harmless they only eat plants like they're just they're just big, chill dudes. And um, I did learn as I was looking up online, they do not make good pets, partly because they are so social. Like you were saying, Sean, if you get a guinea pig, it's better to get two or three. It's hard to get like a dozen capybaras because they're huge, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> they, they need a lot of space. They need a, They almost always are near water, so they need a lot of stuff. So they do not make good pets. So even if you're into the exotic pet thing, don't, don't, don't go for capybara. Just, just look them up on YouTube and be happy. And, and they're just so funny to me. They're really, really chill. (laughs) I aspire to be like a capybara. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, next one on my list, I like squirrels. They're like you kind of had said with the kangaroo rat. It's just that they look cool. They're fun. But like specifically, I really like the red squirrel. So the red squirrel is found in like Europe and Asia. And it is one that is kind of a symbol almost for a lot of things that because in a lot of old European stories, it would like feature specifically the red squirrel because it's the one that's got the like really tall ears that are really furry and so like 
There's a lot of coat of arms that feature them. Um, Beatrix Potter used them in her books. In mythology, there's... Oh, Alex isn't sitting by me anymore, so he can't tell me how to say this name. <laughs> but there's a red squirrel who is very featured prominently in Norse mythology, and Alex is going to listen to this, and he's going to be, like, screaming it. But whatever. it's He's a gossip squirrel, and I really like him in mythology, actually, because he's just running up and down sending messages for each other. And so he is really into all the gossip of the gods and things. But I guess it used to be hunted a lot for its pelt, which I'm like, it's a pretty red color, but squirrels are itty bitty. So (laughs) like, I don't know how many of those you would have needed back at the time. It was used almost for currency because it was such a pretty color. It was very highly prized in medieval times, but you know, that's not so much a thing anymore. It's the national mammal of Denmark. Like, it's a really kind of a big deal in a lot of places. But wow. it just, I think his furry ears are so big and funny looking. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I really great. like the red squirrel. <laughs> that's so nice. Well, I'm going to I'm going to continue on squirrels here for a bit. I didn't go too much into specific species of squirrels. But if you haven't seen it, go watch Mark Rober's videos of the squirrel obstacle courses just in his backyard of how intelligent squirrels are and how acrobatic they are. And it's pretty cool. And there is a wide variety in squirrels. I believe chipmunks are included in the, under the umbrella of squirrels. And the largest squirrel is a Bhutan flying squirrel that can get just over four feet long. So squirrels can vary a lot. Wow. Commonly, they're broken into two major categories, at least from what I've seen, of ground squirrels and tree squirrels. And different species of squirrels are all over the place. And one of the ways they stay cool, even though they have all that fur, is they actually run blood through their tails. And so just oh, like mm. just like you think about, you know, as warm, warm-blooded mammals ourselves, that moving our circulatory system is what helps maintain our temperature. The tail is one of the things that can really help them that their body, I guess, can pump more blood through the tail and keep it cool uh, to get rid of heat. So I thought that was pretty cool as well. That's very interesting. Yeah. And so going back to some of the, the evolutionary aspects of animals, most squirrels are herbivores all the time, except when they need to eat something else which I thought was kind of crazy. So some types of squirrels can more commonly eat other other things like uh, snakes or eggs or uh, stuff like that. And so it kind of makes me wonder going back to the, the, the werewolf rodent what was it called the were grasshopper mouse and the then globally a, a werewolf mouse yeah. <laughs> yes our little werewolf mouse i guess over time maybe yeah there was a need and they got to where that became the norm of eating eating meat in some way but but squirrels squirrels are crazy too so some other random things about squirrels is they were in kind of in some ways domesticated during medieval times there are depictions of them being on leashes and being had as pets i don't think they make very good pets because obviously there aren't very many domesticated now (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they're also highly intelligent so there was a study listed in the article i don't know if you made it this far shannon Mm -mm. of, of a group in china that was able to successfully train squirrels to sniff out drugs wow yeah that's cool yeah so if you see any squirrels at the airport you know why Uh, i don't know know if they're actually used (laughs) 
Wow, I never knew. But yeah, squirrels squirrels are wild and they're smart and sometimes they have different relationships that last longer. Some of the, the ground squirrels will stay together in packs and can prey on different animals as needed, almost like as a group, oh, wow. as, you know, in desperation instead of competing with each other in desperation. So anyway, yeah, squirrels are just fun. They're super fun to watch. They're super smart. They're kind of silly. They, uh, I don't know. I mean, I say they're not domesticated, but there are a lot of areas where they're very used to humans. So there was another section as well. The last thing I'll call out is that during the Industrial Revolution in New York, squirrels became very rare. And so uh, they actually, there was an initiative where New York, I you know, it just says New York. I'm guessing it's New York City, introduced, reintroduced squirrels to entertain and remind humans of nature. <laughs> and so they introduced all these squirrels and the squirrels blended into this urban environment really well. And so... Sometimes they can get a little aggressive coming after your food, but in general, <laughs> they're they're there as something introduced back into the city. So anyway, tons of interesting stuff about squirrels. That's very interesting. I like that it a is. lot. Very well, cool. Well, I feel like growing up in where we did in Utah, I feel like the only time we ever really saw squirrels was when we'd go on hikes in the mountains and things. And you'd see a lot of chipmunks, and they're an honorable mention on my list, but you wouldn't see very many squirrels with the big bushy tails, and so it would be kind of exciting when we'd see them. But then... Like, Aaron, you guys would have squirrels that would chase each other up and down trees just outside your apartment for a long time. Oh, all the and I time. And I always thought that was so fun. But then, yeah, visiting you, Sean, in Texas, and it was like, oh, my gosh, squirrels are everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, it depends yeah. on the place you go, but I think that's so fun. Yeah, we've got lots of squirrels here. In fact, uh, our our dog Maggie has a nemesis, is a, a squirrel in the backyard. <laughs> we often will hear this squirrel. We'll, we'll open the door to let Maggie out, and she'll charge off to the back corner and go bark at something. And I can hear the squirrel up in the tree barking back. The squirrel will just sit there and bark at Maggie for a while. And I, I don't think Maggie's quite quick enough. She's getting old. I don't think she's quick enough to catch the squirrel, but that's definitely her nemesis. Oh, <laughs> the barking so squirrel. Poor Maggie. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was a little bit of a novelty because we never had a squirrel necessarily in our yard growing up, even though we saw chipmunks and maybe some other types of squirrels, Yeah, uh, you know, when we'd go out and do things. But yeah, I mean, even living right in Dallas, right? Not even one of the suburbs. You could go for miles in any direction and it was still urban. There were hundreds of these tree squirrels and they would just be hanging out and all over the place. And they were so used to people. We actually would put out our hands. I don't know. We probably weren't supposed to do this, but we'd give them food. And some of them were so comfortable, they didn't want you to pull back. They would grab your finger while they were eating the food so that they could finish off the food before you left. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder if it's because, like, in Utah, like, especially in Orem, where we grew up, like, the squirrels didn't have to live in the city. They could just, they there were all the mountains and all the wild you know, areas for them to live in. Whereas like in the big cities like LA, like where else are they going to go? Like they just have to live here because that's, that's true. So yeah, that's crazy though. Kind of segue with that. uh, Speaking of working animals and smart animals, I want to talk about uh, the Gambian pouched rat or better known as the African giant pouched rat. And all rats are very intelligent. They're all very smart. And, uh, and, and I I love all, all rats. They're really cool. But they're the African giant pouched rat. There's one specific that I, that I knew of. That's why I wanted to look it up. So um, this is a rat that 
is native to uh, sub-Saharan Africa, and they're big. They can grow to be uh, as long as three feet long, including the tail, which, you know, someone like Sean, you're over six feet tall. I'm six feet tall. That's as long as from the tip of your arm to the center of your chest. Oh, wow. Like, that's that's roughly three feet. So, including the tail. That's a big old rat. That's a huge rat. <laughs> yeah, that is. But the reason I know of them is because, because rats are so intelligent, they're able to be trained to do all kinds of things. And there is a group in, uh, in Tanzania that trains these rats to detect landmines. And oh, wow. I, I'm completely serious. That's they, They're able to train That's these awesome. rats through their incredible sense of smell to detect landmines in these areas where there have been civil wars and whatnot, and there are landmines in, in the ground. And, you know, these landmines kill innocent people all the time. And so this group trains these rats. They call them hero rats. And apparently the rats are, are uh, significantly cheaper to train than dogs. There are mine-detecting dogs, but these rats train much quicker and much more inexpensively. And there was a specific rat named Magawa, and he lived from 2013 to 2022, and he actually received uh, a, an award from the the People's Dispensary for Sick Animals, and it was this organization that honors animals that have had significant impacts on the world. And before Magawa the rat retired in 2021, he had detected over 71 landmines and 38 other unexploded ordnance, and it cleared over 2.4 million square feet of land in Cambodia, uh, preventing injuries and deaths in his five-year career working there. And he retired in 2021 and passed away of natural causes in his sleep at the age of eight in 2022. But I thought, what a cool story and what a cool rat and what a cool thing that these animals are capable of that working with people uh, can help save lives and make life better for all of us. It's, it's, it's just such a cool, cool story about Magawa, the African giant pouch rat. He's super cool. That's amazing. And and what a happy ending too. I was I was I was appreciative of the human life saved and I was I was cringing a little thinking, oh, poor poor rat, you know, but it did its job really really well it sounds like, right? I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's not like a it's not like a barbaric like well we'd let these rats out in the field and they blow up the lo- the mines. It's nothing like that. Like they smell them, they detect them. They're they're rewarded. In fact, there's a picture I found on Wikipedia of him eating a banana. He got his reward. He's like, hey, good job. You found this thing. Here's a banana. And he's just like chowing down, having a good time. Yeah, it's very cool. He uh, he he worked for five years of his little eight year life, and yeah, he retired due to his old age, and he lived about another year and and died peacefully. So what a what a good little guy. Awesome, pretty cool. Well, I didn't realize, and I guess you know, once again, rats. That's kind of a generic. Way to to generalize of there the fact that you know there's a lot of different breeds of them, but eight years feels like a long time for a rat. Yeah, I don't know. I know different rats have different life expectancies depending on the breed. Like I know a lot of domesticated rats, like your your kind of standard brown domestic rat that you buy at a at a pet shop. They generally are like I think two to three, two to four years or something is is roughly that. But yeah, there's just so many different kinds of rats and sizes and shapes and everything. So it 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 is a a pretty wide range as far as I know. All right. Well, I couldn't tell you anything specific, but speaking of domesticated rats, <laughs> um, we had a friend that she, during the pandemic, was, she got a couple of baby rats. Um, and this was our neighbor who lives upstairs. So we would go upstairs and play with the little babies. And like I said, it was like heart of 2020. We were all stuck at home. 
So she was trying to decide on names for these three little rats, and she named them Pan, Demi, and Kiki. So when you put it together, it was Pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Um, And I'd never really had much experience with rats before that, but they were so cute. And, like, they were loving and playful, and, like, they'd want to chase around with you, and they loved to, you know, hold the little Cheerios in their little itty-bitty hands, or (laughs) sunflower seeds were their favorites. And, I mean, before that, the only other rats I'd ever really experienced uh, were our nieces, Gracie and Eileen. They had, um, oh, I don't remember their names now. Sorry. but They've had had a few over the years. I can't remember all the names either, but, yeah, they've had a few. Yes. But I was house-sitting for them at some point when they, uh, as a family, went to Japan. And so those were the rats that they would kind of hang out in their room. I'd make sure they had their food. And every once in a while, I'd try to, like, give them a couple of sunflower seeds for treats. And, yeah, that I'd, like, hold it out. And they would just very gently take it from my hand with their little hands and start chewing away. <laughs> but they were really cute. And I really, I'd never had them as pets before. And so it was really fun. And I had had some friends with hamsters growing up. And I'm not a huge fan of hamsters, but I was really a big fan of these rats. So I didn't know how much I would like them. So shout out to the general domesticated rats. <laughs> I, I think I think these ones were Dumbo rats because they had like bigger ears. But that's about all I could tell you. <laughs> yeah, rats aren't necessarily an animal I would have thought to get for myself. But yeah, being around Gracie and Eileen's rats, they are such sweet animals. They're so intelligent. They're so fun. Like I, I really do enjoy rats. Yeah. Radigan. Ruined it for the rest <laughs> of them. That guy. Jeez. You <laughs> get so angry, you know, it just, you don't want to. Anyway. Well, but then Splinter comes and brings it all back. That's right. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's He's true. a good rat. <laughs> Speaking of which, this sounds like a transition to our, to our fictional ones. Do you guys have any fictional ones you want to talk about? <laughs> I didn't really have it. The only other one I had on my list were chinchillas. I don't really have very many fictional ones. But I give it very much thought. I'm sure I do. Did you want to talk about chinchillas real quick? Oh, no, it's fine. Well, there's obviously, I mean, there's Mickey Mouse, right? I mean, he's... Well, I was going to say, we talked about rats so much. I got to talk about a mouse. And of course, there's Mickey Mouse. I, I want to say this, though, real quick. So I looked up Mickey Mouse on Wikipedia just to get some details. And the very first thing it says is, Michael Theodore Mouse is an American <laughs> cartoon. And I said, time out. Stop. Wait a minute. (laughs) And I even went back because like, oh, I've clicked on the wrong page. (laughs) Let's go back to this. Sure enough, Michael Theodore Mouse. (laughs) So immediately I stopped reading the Wikipedia article and was like, how did I not know that's his name? So I went and did some digging, apparently. So. From the beginning, he has been Mickey Mouse, uh, <laughs> created by Walt Disney and Up Iwerks, created by those two for Walt Disney to replace uh, or to, to be a, not replace, but to uh, be a new character after they had to abandon Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. But so apparently there are uh, early like Disney comic books where there was Mickey Mouse signing something and he had signed this as Michael Mouse in the comic. And apparently also in one of those comic books, somewhere in somewhere in, in there, he had a middle name of Theodore. Now, I've never seen this ever anywhere else. <laughs> you don't go to Disney theme parks and they give you, you know, your Mickey certificate and it has his full yo, real yo, Michael, name. Come give the kids a hug. Come, come, <laughs> on, come on to Theodore's place. Like nobody... Anyway, so this is the first and only time I've ever seen Michael Theodore Mouse as Mickey Mouse's actual name. But apparently that's exactly what Wikipedia wants to tell us about. So anyway, <laughs> it's just bizarre. Anyway, yeah, so we had to I had to I had to have Mickey Mouse in here though. That's he's a not a rat, he's a mouse. And 
possibly the most famous rodent in history as far as recognizability and uh, universally known probably the world over. Everybody knows Mickey Mouse. Yeah, I think he gets a fair amount of votes every time there's a uh, U.S. presidential uh, <laughs> election as well. He's he's uh, he's heavily written in, and I believe I believe it's mostly as Mickey, not Michael Theodore. But I could be wrong. <laughs> you know what? Next presidential election, I'm writing in Michael Theodore. Mouse. Oh my goodness! Oh boy! Oh boy! I I hadn't really prepared any fictional mice or rodents, but I I have to do a call out to the Rescuers movies. I know we talked about those before but bernard especially just so funny yeah uh you know a little bit grumpy but a good guy good guy mouse (laughs) that's right yeah hey and rescuers down under uh i forget his name is a kangaroo mouse yeah very similar to a kangaroo rat that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) it tracks doesn't it i want to talk about another fictional mouse slash rat which we'll get to in a second is chuck e cheese which again (laughs) full name charles entertainment cheese (laughs) <laughs> that I knew. <laughs> That's oh, his I mean, full his name. parents really gave him a name for show business with that. Yeah, entertainment is his middle name. It, he's well, <laughs> and get this: he's Charles Entertainment Cheese the Third. Apparently, uh, there what? were two others ahead of him that we know nothing about. <laughs> So Chuck E. Cheese actually has kind of a funny story to him. So the restaurant Chuck E. Cheese was uh, created by Nolan Bushnell, who was the founder of Atari. And he initially had purchased a coyote costume to have for his pizza restaurant. It was going to be called Coyote Pizza. But when the costume arrived at Atari, he discovered it actually was a rat costume. The advertising was, was wrong. So then he decided to change things because of this wrong costume, change it to Rick Rat's Pizza. However, a group of the planners believed that having rat in the title was not appropriate for a restaurant, mm. so he changed it to Chuck E. Cheese. So that was in 1977 when Chuck E. Cheese first opened. He was originally a rat with a New Jersey accent who told jokes and was sometimes depicted holding a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy to me. Oh, that's so awesome. In 1993, they began shifting him to be a mouse instead of a rat. And there was a transition time from between 1993 and 1995 when he was turned into a mouse and had a uh, more friendly demeanor (laughs) given to him, uh, including the the shape of his face and all the shape of his ears and everything to try and make him friendlier. Um, And then in July 2012, uh, the mascot was changed to a much smaller version who played electric guitar and the voice of him, he'd been through several voices before, um, his new voice was Jarrett Riddick, who was the frontman and guitarist for the pop punk band Bowling for Soup. (laughs) So... All that's right. that's the wild ride of Charles Entertainment Cheese the Third. My goodness, <laughs> so, so so crazy. crazy. <laughs> I had I had a close friend in high school that actually worked at our local local Chuck E. Cheese, and yeah, she <laughs> she would tell some pretty funny stories. But I, I I guess I hadn't looked it up. Our local Chuck E. Cheese closed, and I thought maybe like some of these other places, like Toys R Us and stuff, that it had just closed up. But it looks like there are still 600 or so of them around the United States. So pretty yeah, I I kind of want to go to one just to see because I haven't been since I was very young. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah, so, well, I remember just hearing about again during the pandemic that DoorDash was starting to kind of do. Not ghost establishments. I don't remember what the word was for it, but like you would order from some restaurant. Virtual brand or something? Yes. Or a ghost kitchen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ghost kitchen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like that. 
Yes, but yeah, so that there were some people who were ordering from like a pizza place and then come to find out it was Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) (laughs) They were just trying to keep the business going. And so, yeah, they kind of made it seem like it was a nicer establishment. But I mean, I don't know. I haven't, like we said, I haven't been there in a zillion years. So I don't know. Maybe their pizza is great now. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Oh, it's too funny. Well, I'll have to to go now that I have kids. That way, it's not weird if I just say, "Hey, table for one," at, you know, yeah. over by the over by the the mouse. You, you know? can do that. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't go to Chuck E. Cheese because it's just me by myself. Here's a middle aged dude. <laughs> What's he doing here? <laughs> you get calls. It's not good. The last the last fictional rodent I do want to call out real quick is one of my favorites is Rizzo the rat from the Muppets. Oh yeah. Oh, old Rizzo, what a good guy. Uh, originally created and performed by Steve Whitmire, he has been a part of the Muppets uh, for a long time, and his probably most famous roles are in a Muppet Christmas Carol and Muppet Treasure Island, where he, especially in Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, was paired with Gonzo as the narrator. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think Rizzo's a great dude. He's so funny and he's. So like, <laughs> just uh, how do you describe Rizzo? He's just he does he, Rizzo does Rizzo like he just watches out for himself and he's a he's a funny guy doing it. Always eating something. Yeah, kind of has. Speaking of, does does he kind of have like a Jersey accent or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Accent? Yeah, he's got okay. that like New Yorker, or New Jersey, or something accent. Yeah, yeah, Rizzo's great. It's such a pragmatist as well, which balances out Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> Well, any others we want to talk about? I've got a few honorable, honorable mentions, but we can we can probably wrap it up, I guess. So I was trying to think of fictional ones. I I always liked the movie The Rats of Nim. Oh um, yeah, Mrs. Brisby and Jonathan Brisby. Yes, the little mouse from Spirited Away. Oh yeah, oh, we talked about Master about Splinter. Mm-hmm. Well, I got I got a list. I'll I'll rapid fire them when we get to the end here. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I can't really think of much else. So that's probably my list. Man, apparently I uh, have a lot of rodents on my on my mind yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's probably a good spot to wrap it up. As usual, we want to hear what you think. Uh, send us an email at thefavoriteshow at gmail Look us up on Instagram at thefavoriteshowpodcast. Let us know your favorite rodents, uh, real or fictional, or heroic, or just just cute little pets. We want to hear about all of them. Also, let us know if you have suggestions for future topics or guests or whatever. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love a five-star rating if you like what you hear. And if you don't feel like giving us a five-star rating, is it because we have put you off with the actual names of some of these beloved characters and now you are traumatized? (laughs) Because that's where I am right now. (laughs) Uh, My reality has been shaken. Like, geez, I gotta never be able to go to Disneyland the same way again and be like, Michael Theodore, where's Michael Theodore? (laughs) Does Minnie Mouse have a... It's short for Minerva. It is? Really? (laughs) From the same comic extrapolations. Now I want to know what Goofy is short for. What do you know? Well, I guess that'll do it until next week. My name's Aaron. Sean here. And I'm Shannon. Talk to y'all later. Bye. Cue the music. All right, honorable mentions of real ones. Shannon, you mentioned chinchillas. I got to mention hamsters and gerbils and chipmunks and porcupines and beavers. They're all so nice. 
But then when we get to our fictional ones, we talked about Master Splinter, we got Mrs. Brisby and her gang from The Secret of Nim, Speedy Gonzalez from Looney Tunes, Mighty Mouse, Chip and Dale, Hammond the Hamster from Overwatch, Twitch, which is the rat from League of Legends, the Kia Soul Hamsters, <laughs> Remy from Ratatouille, and Ratty from The Wind in the Willow. I don't uh, know why all of these fictional rats came to my head. I was like, oh, there's this guy, and there's wow, this guy, and awesome. there's this guy. There's a lot of good ones. Yeah, I, I don't know why Ratatouille skipped my head. That's such a good one. Celestine, the little mouse from Ernest and Celestine, which is a great movie. So Goofy just has a bunch of aliases. <laughs> Gippy Dog, George G. Geef, Goofus D. Dog, Goofy G. Goof, and Super Goof. Goofus G. Dog. Who knows? I don't love this Disney character names rabbit hole we're going down. <laughs> feel, what about Donald Duck? Feel weird. It can't be a rabbit hole because those aren't rodents. That's right? oh, <laughs> you're right. Right, you are. Donald Duck's middle name is Fauntleroy. No. Shut up. What? <laughs> Say that again. F A U N T L E R O Y. Donald Fauntleroy Duck. What is going on? Somebody's life mission to go in and ruin these characters for us. I feel weird, guys. I feel real weird now. (laughs) Daisy Duck's full name is Daisy Duck. (laughs) Kevin! Now that's how it should be. Huey, Dewey, and Louie. Do you know what that's short for? Oh, let's hear it. Hubert Duck, Louis Duck, and Deuteronomy Duck. No! (laughs) No! Deuteronomy! Oh, no! But then it says, so that was from Quack Pack. But in DuckTales, it's Hubert, Duford, and Dingus. <laughs> Duford is a neighbor. <laughs> oh, and Llewellyn oh, no. for Louie. Why, wait, why are there two? Oh, no, that's his full name is Duford Dingus Duck. <laughs> <laughs> Who named that duck? Oh, no. 